Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. So I wasn't staying there and talking about it, but I was figuring out ways to move forward and out of. So back to the whole fact of shifting from law into this, it was a process like you, two years. It took me, you know, uh, starting it out, you know, they say, start where you are, start where you are, wherever you are, that is where you begin. You are ready to go wherever you are. And I started there And I started, you know, writing and it helped me. It was a cathartic process out of the grief. And then the writing turned into my first book because I, I encapsulated. So basically it was for me, I was channeling the wisdom of my mother. So what would you tell me? And then I wrote it and then I would send it out to my blog. So I had this whole process, you know, and then I was starting to get it. And they're like, oh my God, Meg, you should put this. Anyway, it only came down to like 2014 when I, you know, had this incredible experience on stage with Oprah that she looked at me and says to me, you know, it's time to live the life you want. And I'm like, okay. So my mother tells me stress is going to kill me, have no regrets. And now I have Oprah telling me to live the life I want. I felt like I had permission. And sometimes you just have to have someone give you permission so that you can give yourself permission. And, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. The people, my loved ones were not necessarily a fan of me leaving a 20 year career with the government that included benefits, that included a retirement, that included everything. But I had to really truly, like three o'clock in the morning, every morning I would get up crying and like going, how am I gonna leave? How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do this? Finally, I like basically said, you know what? It, the bray, there's a beautiful poem. It's like the bray of my heart. I listen to the bray of my heart, the beating of your heart, where your passion is going, what love brings you. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta take, a, I gotta take a chance on me, because, and, and let me tell you, it's been said, and I always like, what are they talking about? That when the universe calls to you and you don't listen, it's not going to be a gentle pushing; it's going to be a forcing out, and it's going to be causing you to choose whether you wake up or you decide to stay sleeping. And you know, a lot of people, it's easier to stay sleeping in the short run, but I think I say spiritually, your soul dies after a while. And I didn't really want to be walking this earth with my soul slowly dying because it is a gift and a miracle and an opportunity. And I I literally needed to believe that so that I could walk into something. And I don't know, I the uncertainty is baffling, but instead of me thinking of it's terrifying, I think, that, oh, it's like a mystery movie. Like what is gonna happen next, you know? And if I can write something really positive, then I feel much more comfortable in the moment than if I don't. But you know, that is kind of where I am now. You know, I, I'm, I finished my two books. I visualize this whole unfolding with the trilogy I've been told from one of my mentors, you know, the triangle is one of the strongest shapes in the geometric uh, shapes. And so I built my trilogy. I built my three. And then I built my strategy around my business around the triangle, the three, and put myself in the middle. 
And then it's just becomes this beautiful offering where I get opportunities, like I said, to have conversations with people like you and your audience, and that you can have conversations with people up like me and my audiences. And then it just becomes more of everyone living from a place of vulnerability, sharing their story so that other people's people can hear it and their life can be better for it. I a hundred percent agree with that. I want to ask a little bit about the kind of the the guilt process that you went through with that because although you know you weren't leaving a you know violent relationship or anything like that the feelings i think are the same of when you're ready to leave but you don't know how and you're terrified that you will disappoint somebody or that you know you could be you know hurt in the process of leaving so you know, even though they're not the same situations, the feelings of guilt and um, being terrified of, you know, leaving that situation, Mm -hmm. I feel are the same and you kind of process this, process them the same. So what was that whole process like? And what are like some pieces of advice that you could give to somebody going through that of, you know, here's how I got through it. So absolutely parallel with my husband and he's allowed me to share this because it's in my book it's in my memoir and he's okay with that he actually told me just tell your story i mean he lives from a place of lack he's definitely better than he used to be and i come from a place of possibility but you know my triggers are who am i like the whole you know am i enough am i enough am i enough who am i to do this and I love it. They always say, who are you not? You know, your 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 soul has a calling. Your, so your vocation is your calling. So it was kind of terrifying. And I don't mince words with that. I basically told my husband that I'm going to, to leave this. You, you're with me or not. I just, if you're not with me, then I would like you to give me three months. Give me some time to get myself established. So I know that at least... I will be able to stand on my two feet, you know, you know, and the thing is, I, I don't know when you show up to the universe differently then st- opportunities start to appear. So this is something that lawyers will say when they're providing, they're setting up the argument, the evidence shows, right? So you find the evidence that supports your greatness. Okay. And when I say greatness, I'm not saying like I'm cocky and I, I'm the greatest in the world. I'm just saying you find evidence that supports those strengths in you that you know you'll be all right, right? That you'll know you got angels coming and showing up for you, you know? Because you're you're ready to show up for yourself. So, if I if you know, I can tell you I I I truly believe that how everything unfolded was a gift. Now, I can't tell you that how it felt as it was unfolding felt like a gift, okay? <laughs> it felt awful. I felt like I lost my identity of who I was because I had identified as a lawyer for so long. And then now what? I'm nothing. Like I'm nothing. like all of this work and it's nothing. How could that be? And it was my own insecurities coming out, screaming out, literally screaming out. And a lot of my behaviors or like, or I would say not necessarily the best habits, you know, came back. Like, for instance, you know, some people just, deal with the stress they go to sleep you know i i do not put chocolate next to me i can't 
I can't, I, I, it's like, I just like need the endorphin, like, but you know, literally we all have those things that in moderation are fine, but when we're feeling stressed, we're, we do that to help us numb, right? Numb ourselves to, to what's happening, which never helps in the long run. Cause you never feel really great afterwards. But the bottom line is I, I acknowledge that and I acknowledge my frailty, but I also acknowledge that the evidence shows that I am a badass and I've survived some of the really hard things in life. And that will give me the impetus to relieve that I will survive again and even thrive, which I think is really kind of the focus on the thrive and to thine self be true, right? Shakespeare says, we'll go back to to thine self be true. So if I am in this world with a calling and a vocation, and, and I feel like the circumstances that I'm in right now do not support that, I have to believe that I can empower myself to find the help. And I did, mind you, I went through incredible grief and I will be honest to your audience. I wanted to end it. I did not want to live anymore because the suicidal ideation, because what I had happened was it came out my nervous system. I had tinnitus and it was a screaming in my head, like wake up, Meg, wake up. And, you know, honestly, I didn't want to numb myself out with, you know, antidepressants. Not that that's bad or good. That was not my course. So I had to get help from people to help me heal through that, to learn how to, to deal with that. So I could move on to the greatness in me. And I was blessed. I am grateful. I wasn't grateful then. I did like many days. I was in a ball in my closet. I lived in my closet a lot, crying a lot, you know, which doesn't help at the time, but it definitely feels good to like the release is huge. I say, if you're a crier, go for it. It's like the best, you know, it'll make you younger because you aren't hanging into the anger or those horribly, you know, built up feelings. You just let it go. And one of the most beautiful things that even a therapist told me is that emotions are meant to move through you. That's the root word of emotions, emotere. So to move through us. So every emotion, anger, joy, love, everything should move through us and passed on to others. Like for instance, it's that whole experience of life that's making us, that makes us alive, you know? So I say, one of the most incredible bits of advice I could give anyone is to just look at yourself in the mirror and everything, all the wrinkles, all the non-wrinkles, all the everything, and just be appreciative of the beauty that is you. That is where you start because the only person that literally that follows you every day around is you. And as long as you know you got you, then figure out that thing that you love the most about you. I actually make people take pictures of themselves when they felt their happiest because it's still you, it's still you. And you look at that picture and you take yourself back to that feeling place. And we all got this, we got this, we got this. And you can find people like you and what you're doing, Heather, to help them through. Cause we got this, you know, you don't have to go through it alone either. I found people who helped me and would tell me, Meg, you got this, you got this. And I kept saying, I got this. I got this. I got this. And sometimes that's really the thing that you need to tell yourself over and over again to bring you to whatever end to that journey so you can move on to the next. I agree with that 100%. And I think that that your whole outlook on it, like, yeah, it's going to suck. Like it is going to suck. And I think that is, you know, that's what terrifies people is like, I don't want to live in the suck. And it's like, you're going to live in the suck either way, right? If you don't leave that spot that you're in, it will suck. And leaving that spot sucks, <laughs> you know, like, it's you know what just, I, this what is my it, favorite thing. Someone told me when they read my memoir, they said, you got to embrace the suck. I love that. 
Embrace a suck so you can it works for you, right? And there's a beautiful chart that is called the emotional up-leveling chart. So when you're depressed, when you get to a point of anger, angry that you're depressed, and they're like, it'll move you up. So now you're pissed. And now you're going to do something about it. You're going to say, I'm not depressed anymore because I'm ready to move forward. So I'm actually empowering myself up. And then you get to the point of anger and they're like, oh my God, I'm getting worried. I'm worried what's going to happen next. So that's good because you're not in anger anymore. Now you're worried. So now you're going to figure out like solutions to what pissed you off in the first place so that you don't have to be in the future, but you can be present and then you move up. So then you come to the joy, right? So, and then you come to the joy because even if you look backward in time, look where I came from. Damn, I'm good. You know? So you celebrate yourself and congratulate yourself and validate the fact that you embrace the suck and exactly. you move out of it. Exactly. I had a guest on probably almost a year ago, but it still like sticks with me. And, and what they said is that you, you know that you don't like the no, you don't know that you don't like the unknown. So if you don't like your no, what's stopping you from experiencing the unknown? Cause you may like it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, and it's the same thing of just, embrace the unknown, embrace the suck, embrace changing. You know what I said when I left my job? If I stay, nothing will change. But if I go, the world will open up for me. And that was just with incredible faith. If they say leap of faith, it's a leap for a reason. <laughs> because You need to jump sometimes, you know, or be pushed maybe, you know, I don't know. But it's a leap for a reason. And not everyone does it. It's those few that say yes to the leap. In that faith. And, you know, it turns around to be some of the, like, why do you think all the visionaries tell these incredible stories about like how they got to where they are? Because they trusted themselves that there was something better than this, you know, it's something better than this. And I say, amen, sisters, brothers, whoever's out there, you know, (laughs) that's great. Exactly. So uh, let's get into your books a little bit and what they're about and your business. So the first book that you wrote, was that before or after your business? I just want to make sure we get the timeline right. Yeah. So basically I started writing my first book because I needed to somehow connect to my mother again. And I came up with a routine, good habits, habits, we're talking about before habits, um, that I woke up, I have this wonderful exercise stationary bike. I got on it because sometimes us really multitaskers and the OCDs of the world, they need to somehow calm their brain. Some people do it through meditation or rosaries or mala beads or whatever you want to use. I would get on my exercise bike and I would pick something that was inspiring to read. And then I would start writing. Like I just start writing whatever came through me. And I would ask, you know, the question is, well, you know, this, and then it would speak to me. So I felt connected to my mother and literally I felt her like smiling sometimes when I would like get an aha, like, oh, that's what I remember. remember, That's what happened. And I remember she told me once when I was young, and this is one of the things that like I wrote about in my book and one of them, I, she, I, she said, I used to come home crying. Like, how could I, how could this be life? Like every day, you know, facing someone making fun of me or every day someone trying to put me down. How could this be life? Like I was like a magical spirit. I was like, I wanted everyone to be happy. I wanted to show everybody my world, but they came at me with such vengeance. It was crazy. You know, it it would kill any creative spark. And my mother, I remember she said to me, I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but I know one day you're going to help a lot of other people because of it. And isn't that the greatest gift? 
is to walk through your experience and then being able to share it to help someone else, right? So my book basically was, I wrote myself a guide, 366 days, 12 chapters. It starts with Carpe Diem in January and ends with Onspiring Magic and Miracles in December. And then you go, February is love, when, March is wisdom, you know, April is transforming dreams into reality, which I can tell you this, every April that happens. There's always a dream of mine that comes into reality. It's every April, every April since I've had this book out in the world. And, and, and I, if I were to look back at my life, it's every April. Because if you look at the whole trajectory of the seasons, right, from the darkness comes the spring again. Because we all go through that transformative process of the dying, the, the, the contracting, then the expanding with the blossoming of the beautiful flowers after the winter is over, you know. And someone said to me recently, you know, when will you see, when will the darkness be over? And they say, when I start to see the light in the darkness, not that the light comes to the darkness, I start to see it in the darkness. And that means that you see the light within your own light, right? So that takes you to April and then May is the creativity, June and July and all these months. So I basically followed my own book. And then at the end of that, meanwhile, I've been writing my, my memoir for the last 10 years because I wanted to, you know, I, I didn't have anything to help me um, when I was going through the grieving process, but I realized my whole life has been like this whole process to where I am now, you know, to, you know, I had this, you know, creative spark. And then I felt like the duty in me was to do something outside of that and, you know, be the, the responsible person. And, and I felt like to be creative, you couldn't, you know, to be responsible, you couldn't be creative. And then I started writing and then now I, oh my God, my last book's my favorite. I'm a huge affirmation junkie. Like I think affirmation and gratitude or appreciation or whatever you want to call it are like fundamental tools. Everybody, they're free and everybody should have them in their back pocket. Because if you're going to an interview or you're going to something, telling yourself you suck is not good. Embracing the suck important. Telling yourself you suck, not good. So I had a, a, a mantra that I would tell me, I am healthy, happy, loved and beautiful, smart, strong and thin, rich and successful in so many ways. I open and embrace every day the magic and miracles coming my way with gratitude. I receive, I show up in service for the others that come my way. Something wonderful is going to happen today. That is what I said every single day every single day i'm an affirmation junkie because i want to affirm all that is good in my life so i created these cards i know you can't see them but i these magnets magical magnets so that you can attract those affirmations and those good good things into your life so i created this it just came out last october but that was step two but along the way i've been i've been writing in other books like i got published in this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful magazine called Blossom. And she's an artist. And she was the first person who recognized my my gift in writing. So I'm a huge, I'll, I'll plug her, Amy Butler. She's amazing. If you want a visual treat for your eyes, this lady is it. She is a beauty ambassador, definitely a beautiful person to have in your life. Um, but I, I, I keep paying attention to who shows up. So now it turns into this wonderful experience that I get to actually publish my memoir is coming out in September. Like I said, a butterfly awakens. And my only intention is that I can reach as many people as possible so that I could be that may per, maybe I, my message or my sharing my life story could have someone saying, like someone said to me, it's 
always too soon to give up on your life because if you give up now, you're gonna like it's always that Winston Churchill quote, quote when you're going through hell, keep going. Do not, and I always add, do not unpack and live there because you can keep going. And that's not the story you want to tell for yourself. So now I get to tell, I was like, it's not going to be done until I have a good ending. That's kind of saying it's not going to be done until I have a good ending. And I got a, I got a great ending. So, and I have a great beginning. And then I get to, you know, be engaging with people like who are really those sparks of light so that you can pass it on. You know, they say, instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle and, and then light someone else's candle. And, you know, if we can, if we can actually be in that place where we embrace faith, not fear, and, you know, the gifts of each other that we can start, maybe restore balance to the world. And then, you know, that's the P patient, everything's coming together factor, because literally that's my least, in, least strong quality is patience. So, you know, I, I sometimes try to run faster than I can walk and that will get me in trouble, but I always learn the lesson. So there was something to be had there. And I always say that life is live life as if everything is rigged in your favor, which is a great roomy quote, because even the seemingly bad things are really not right. They're really not. And you'll realize that was it. That was it. That was what I was scared of. Oh God. You know, and then the evidence will show that you got this. You will never allow that kind of illusory wall to ever get in your way again. Definitely. I think that's really incredible. I'm really excited to have this book come out. It's the way that you're describing it. It sounds like it's going to be a great, great read. And I'm super excited to learn about your whole life that we can't do in 45 <laughs> minutes here. Um, but, you know, just just learning about you in this 45 minutes, I can't imagine what this book is going to hold. So that's super exciting. Going on to Butterflies and Bliss, what is that and how did that come about? Well, you know, bliss is like the ultimate in happiness, right? And Butterflies is the whole transformation from when you trust that as a caterpillar, you no longer only want to see what's eye level because when the caterpillar enters the cocoon, it transforms and it has to be in the darkness to do so and to allow nature's process to take over. And then the butterfly, you know, comes out of that. So you see from a different perspective, right? When you know better, you see greater, you see that, oh my God, that I don't live a caterpillar life. I, I you know, I am in, in this different echelon of where I can you know, experiencing the world through new eyes. So my, my coaching company, you know, is Butterflies and Bliss. And what I do, I say, I try to help people transform into their own bliss. This is not about what my vision is, because we each have our own, you know, bray of our heart. We have our own definition of what our, our bliss looks like, right? And literally, if someone is aligned to my mentality, because I mean, some people get really like, ah, she's kind of too much for me. Or some people are like, oh my God, give me more of her. Like, I don't take offense anymore. I was like, yeah, you know what? Take what you like and leave the rest. Literally, that is probably the best way anyone can go about life because, you know, maybe you don't like me today, but maybe when you're flying a little higher, you're like, oh, remember that girl, remember <laughs> that girl, you know? And then you start to like embrace that, right? Which is a lot better than the suck. Believe me, embrace the joy. I was told recently that Meg, your time of 
learning through pain is over. It's now to learn through joy. And you can shift to that perspective, but it's only through walking out of the darkness, walking to, you know, the, you know, through that dark night of the soul into the light that you'll be able to see better because you experience the contrast of what could have been right into knowing that you didn't stay there. So that's the big celebratory. And I'm a big fan of the celebration. Let me tell you, a big Italian family, we knew how to celebrate. And I prefer, like I always say, if I'm ever going to get accolades, it's never by myself. I bring everybody with me because it was, you know, it takes a village, right? It takes everybody, everybody involved. And, and I do never, I never claim, I never claim my majesty without having a bevy of women standing behind me or, or men for that. And, and all these wonderful gods and goddesses in my life that, you know, have showed up and taught me something so that I get to be the greatest storyteller of my life, right? Which is so exciting because, you know, who knows what's going to come from that? Like, I just think my world is just a happier place when I get to choose how it unfolds, right? So, you know, I, and then I embrace all the other things in my life that keep me grounded. And, you know, so I literally can take on a different perspective and know that I'm not alone here. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O thriving ATL, or online at 2thriving.org.